Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. If you'd like more content like this, visit us on our website at www.surechurch.com. The following sermon was preached on December 27th, 2020 in Brandon, South Dakota on the basis of Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 40. gospel which will be for our consideration this morning will be from Luke chapter 2 verses 25 to 40. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms, praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what he was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher, She was very old. She had lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is God's Word. We love great comebacks. A comeback is a, is a theme of a lot of books and movies that are popular out there, and it's even better when you get to witness the comeback live. But... As far as I know, of all the books and movies made about the different comebacks out there, there have been no books written and no movies made about the 1994 Plano East Panthers high school football team. But maybe there should be. The the Panthers, a team from Texas, a high school team from Texas, were playing the, the John Tyler Lions and they were trailing the Lions 41-17 to 17 with just over three minutes left. At this point in the game, people are, are leaving the bleachers, they're getting the car ready to go because this game is all but over. Well, the, the Panthers recovered three straight onside kicks, which is an unbelievable feat in, in football, and they pulled the game within three. That the score was 44 to 41. The Panthers still trailed the Lions by three with just 24 seconds remaining. 
the Lions were kicking off to the Panthers. And so as the ball flew in the air and the receiver, Roderick Dunn, caught the ball, he ran it back 97 yards for a game-winning touchdown, the greatest comeback in high school football history, and it's rated as the number five best comeback of all time on Bleacher Report, which covers all sports of all levels, college and professional, and this 1994 high school football team made that list. We love great comebacks. Sports comebacks are perhaps the easiest to retell, but we love comebacks of all kinds. And we experience and hear stories of comebacks of all times. People come back after battling with addictions. People come back after foreclosures and bankruptcy. People come back after failures in their professional life, after being fired from a job. People come back after spending some time in jail to go on to do great things. We love these stories. And a lot of times, these comeback stories are incredibly inspiring to us. We love these stories because it signals to us that a comeback is possible. That if that person can come back from that thing, then surely I could come back from that thing. I could come back from some, something else. Maybe our comebacks in our life won't have the allure to make a, a book or a movie out of, but we love stories of comebacks and they're inspiring to us because we like to think and know that we have the capacity to change our life and that we have the ability to overcome obstacles, whether they're big or small. The Israelites loved comeback stories too. And they were primed for a comeback at this point in history. Just after Jesus was born, they were under the control of the Romans, but they longed for their great comeback, for the consolation of Israel, for the redemption of Jerusalem. They longed for the days of King Solomon, when, the li when life was good for the Jewish people. Under the reign of King Solomon, the, the Israelites had reached the height of their empire, King Solomon had a time of peace where they were very prosperous. Nations feared them and respected them. They had finished building this beautiful temple that they were all so very proud of. But after the reign of King Solomon ended, the nation of Israel split into two. The northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. And they had corrupt king after corrupt king that eventually led to the decimation of the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. They were carried off by the Assyrians, the northern kingdom was, and the southern kingdom was carried off by the Babylonians into slavery for a long time. And when they were finally able to come back to their homeland, they, they wanted to rebuild. They wanted to rebuild the temple. They wanted to rebuild the walls. They wanted to, to have their comeback story, to, to regain the prominence that they once had. But now we're at the time of Jesus' birth, many years later, and they're nowhere near that prominence. They're still under the control of the Romans, and they longed for their great comeback story. What about you? What about your life? Are there areas in your life where you long for a comeback? 
Now, you all have different life circumstances, different stories. I don't know all of your stories very well, but I think we can all maybe identify a place where we would want to come back. Maybe you desire the happiness that you once had at one point in your life, or you long to feel fulfilled and whole and comfortable with who you are and where you are. Maybe you long for a rebound in a, in a relationship or to rebound yourself from what a relationship did to you. Maybe there was a time in your life that you so cherished and you so loved and you wish you could just bottle that time up and replicate it every day of your life. I, I don't really know what a comeback looks like for you. But I bet if you, if you search your heart, if you thought about it long enough, you could maybe think of an area of your life that you would want a comeback in. Then again, maybe it's a, a little difficult to think about. We don't really talk about this in, in our lives, too. If there's not some big glaring issue in my life, maybe I don't talk about comebacks or think about comebacks that much. So maybe it's better illustrated this way. Maybe there is an ideal that, that you have in your head, you can picture it in your head, but you haven't quite met it. You can picture it so clearly, and you so clearly want this ideal to come true, but it hasn't. You continue to live in a world that is somewhere less than ideal, and you wonder if you'll ever feel fulfilled and satisfied and whole again. If there is an area of your life like that, you might actually have a lot more in common with the Israelites, with the Jewish people, than you may have thought. The Jewish people longed for the consolation of Israel, for the redemption of Jerusalem, but it's important for us to, to think about what that actually meant in, in the Jewish mind. <laughs> what were they thinking about when they heard the consolation of Israel and the redemption of Jerusalem as Simeon and Anna talked about it? Well, well here's what they thought, because it didn't quite align with what God had in his mind. To the Jewish person, the consolation of Israel was the, the restoration of of Israel. It was the comforting of the people. It, it was bringing Israel back together. We're going to get this band back together again and we're going to be as good as we once were. The, the, the temple was going to be restored. The city was going to be restored. And Israel as a nation would live and thrive again. The redemption of Jerusalem in the Jewish mind meant a lot of the same thing. The, the city of Jerusalem would be bought back from the Romans. It would once again be the Jewish people's property and they would gain the prominence and the respect as a city in the, on the world stage. This is what this meant to a, a Jewish person, the average Jewish person at the time of Jesus' birth. They longed for those days of King Solomon and they believed that the consolation of Israel and the redemption of Jerusalem would be bringing back those days of King Solomon. And that's what the Messiah was going to bring in their mind. And so, you can understand why when, when little baby Jesus is born, they're perhaps a little disappointed. How is this baby going to fight for the Jewish people? How is this little 40-day-old baby at this point going to be the consolation of Israel and the redemption of Jerusalem? And they would continue to be disappointed throughout Jesus' life. Because Jesus would grow up and it would become obvious 
that Jesus did not come to bring the comeback that the Jewish people had pictured in their head. The one that they really wanted. Jesus did not come to bring that kind of comeback. Because Jesus came to bring a different kind of comeback. Jesus came to bring us back from sin. From death. Jesus came to bring us back from from the grip of Satan. And he came to save us and save our soul. This was a spiritual thing, not, not an earthly thing specifically. He came to save our soul. And so, if Jesus would have just come to, to bring back the, the Jews to earthly prominence, to bring them back to the time of King Solomon, if that would have been the purpose of the Messiah, it would have been far too small of a thing. If Jesus came born in that manger to, to make you happy, or to just remove some tension from your relationships, or, or to bring back the good old days, it would have been too small of a thing. Here's the big takeaway from this. Jesus came to take care of and solve your biggest problem. He didn't come for just the surface issues. He didn't come for just the symptoms of your problem. He came for the root issue. That the biggest problem that you have, sin. Simeon and Anna understood this. And that's why we talk about them uh, on the first Sunday after Christmas. That's why they're worthy of our, our honor, our respect, and our attention this morning. Because they understood. They understood that Jesus came to bring about the greatest comeback of all time. The comeback from sin that has so infected you and I and all people since the fall into sin. And so when Simeon sees the baby Jesus for the first time, he says, my eyes have seen your salvation. In this 40-day-old baby, tiny little baby, Simeon, this, this old man at this point, says, my eyes have seen your salvation. He knows that, that this 40-day-old baby would be the consolation of Israel, would be the redemption of of Jerusalem. He came to save Simeon from his sins and save him from death and to save all of us from our sins and save us from from death. Simeon understood this and so did Anna. The Bible says, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. You see, Simeon and Anna understood that the consolation of Israel and that the redemption of Jerusalem was not merely an earthly thing. But the consolation of Israel and the redemption of Jerusalem was the greatest heavenly blessing. It was salvation. That salvation has been revealed. That you are saved and that heaven is yours because of that. They recognized that that was who Jesus was and that's what he came to do. And that's why Simeon was able to say, my eyes have seen your salvation. That's why after communion today, we will sing the song of Simeon. After you partake of his body and his blood, we sing, My eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Because they knew, Simeon and Anna knew that Jesus was here for a greater purpose than earthly things, and we know that too. 
that as we come together here, we're not just trying to build our little kingdom as a church here on earth, but we are here to worship a God who loved us so much that he sent his son for us. We are here to look forward to the day when Jesus will come back to take us to be with him forever in heaven. We understand that what we do here on Sunday mornings is not merely an earthly thing, but this is where heaven and earth are connected, is right here, and especially in the sacrament. That Jesus came to be the warrior for his people, to fight against sin, death, and the devil, and he won. A while back, I was talking to a, a, a man who was having some, some really bad knee trouble. Um, and it, it wasn't so bad that he couldn't walk. He, he, he wasn't on crutches or anything. And, and he even didn't have that much of a visible limp. But it, it hurt him. It bothered him. It was enough to be annoying and, and nagging. He didn't really know what it was. And, and he didn't really want to go, go to the doctor to, to figure out because he was afraid what, he might, what they might find. Um, and so he just kind of grinned and bared it and said, this is, chalked it up to, I'm getting old, I, my joints don't work the way like they used to. Well, it turns out a little bit later, uh, he's having some back issues, and he, he goes into the, the chiropractor, and he's talking with the chiropractor, and the chiropractor is, is kind of feeling for spots on his spine where he might need some adjusting, and, and the chiropractor says to him, Did you have, do you have knee trouble? And he, he's pretty shocked when, when he says this because he never told the chiropractor about it. And he's like, oh, yeah, actually, I, I do have knee trouble and had for a while. And he's like, well, it's because your, your spine is misaligned. And so the chiropractor did what the chiropractors do and uh, realigned his spine and, and his knee pain went away. <laughs> it was that simple, right? But the point is, is that it was a deeper thing. It was the fact that his spine was misaligned that caused that symptom of his hurt knee. Sin is the same way. Sin is the deep thing, the root issue of all of our problems, all of our failings. Sin manifests itself in different ways. It shows up as different symptoms in your life, in your life, in your life, in my life. It looks different. But the root problem is the same. Sin is the root problem. It's responsible for all the evil in the world and all the evil in my life and all the evil in my heart. Jesus came to take care of the biggest thing. Not just to solve the surface issues, to solve the symptoms, to take away a couple of the symptoms. He came to solve the deepest thing that none of us could take care of on our own. He came to live, to die, and to rise again, to take care of all of those things so that Israel, God's people, would be consoled. So that Jerusalem, God's people, would be redeemed, bought back from the devil. That's what the consolation of Israel is. That's what the redemption of Jerusalem is. And if he took care of your biggest problem, imagine how that will affect the rest of your life. That man had his back realigned and his knee started feeling better. It, it changed his, his outlook on life. He, he was not dealing with that pain anymore. He was in a lot better mood. Jesus solved your greatest issue. Imagine how that's going to transform the rest of your life. Imagine how, how Jesus giving you a new heart and washing you clean is going to change your outlook on life and the way that you, you go about living life. You have clothed yourself with Christ, as Paul said. 
I'd call that the greatest comeback of all time. And Jesus orchestrated every bit of that. So let's make it our, our lifelong goal to, uh, to strive to be like Simeon and Anna. They waited patiently. They waited patiently for the consolation of Israel and the redemption of Jerusalem. They waited patiently to see this 40-day-old baby and say, my eyes have seen your salvation. And now we as Christians, we wait. We wait for the day when we will see the consolation of Israel and the redemption of Jerusalem, but he won't be coming as a 40-day-old baby. He'll be coming as the exalted Lord on the clouds, and we will call that the greatest comeback ever. For my eyes will see his salvation. Amen.